In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland! I had to change it up a little bit. If I put the British accent, I usually get crushed online. So, But in speaking of British accents, Jack, what's going on, buddy? I'm good. I promise to be a bit more awake on the podcast today. So thanks for Harry and the other people who reached out and uh, told me about my yawning. We don't edit these podcasts. I've got, I want to just give it to you raw. Um, we'll set the style, we'll set the outro and uh, boom, it's out there. For the record, there are times where I do edit. So whenever I'm editing it, you'll see different music, some Browns drop-ins. I have a little fun with it. In London, they're paid by the hour in terms of their editing, so it's as short and sweet as the point. The Paul Brown podcast budget is a little bit lower, so we just want to make sure these guys get off the clock as soon as possible. So apologies as I was traveling. I was down to Dallas. I was checking out to see what the Cowboys were going to do. I had a couple drinks in a Cowboys sports bar, um, talked to a couple Cowboys fans overall, see what they were doing, and I'm back to Chicago within 24 hours, ready to talk. About the safety position, Jack. The safe, oh, well, kind of safety position. If if we announce a Michael Gallup signing trade within the next week, I'm buying you some beers. What's funny is, is Gallup is highly more highly regarded down there than Amari Cooper. No bullshit. Yeah, but his snaps also went down last year, so the fans might like him, but the front office and coaching staff don't. Well, ultimately, when you're dealing with Chicago's finest, the red rifle, Andy Dalton, he just, he's so quick on his first read and then his tight end in the CD lamb, he didn't even need Gallup. So you put Dak back in there, Gallup will blow back up, ship Amari out of there. Just don't worry about that dead cap number. No, but we'll jump on a Cowboys podcast. Hey, shout out to Paul Brown. So we're going to jump into the safety room. Um, why we're doing the safety room is because let's wait on that edge and cornerback because they are the two most likely. So we're just going with the other sort of key ones at the moment. So first, let's look at the room. Um, we've got Ronnie Harrison there. Let's start with that. Strong safety, um, one-year deal, so no commitment to him after this season. They haven't signed him up long-term. Browns fans are in love with Ronnie Harrison, but at the same time, he only played a few snaps last year. They were good, but it's limited snaps. I have a legit question. Was Ronnie Harrison a fan favorite because of people's unprofounded love or dislike of Andrew Sandejo? Because I feel like Ronnie Harrison was a bigger name because people remembered him at Alabama. And yes, he played well in the very limited snaps he played. But I don't understand this theory that like Ronnie Harrison is the next Troy Palomalo or Ed Reed. I mean, he's better than what we had. But would you consider him a top five or eight safety in the league? No, not at all. Um, and you, you, it's risky putting too much assets into a strong safety, which we'll get to. But um, I think it's because it's a trade. It's a new piece and it was exciting. Um, and we saw that improvement once he got in there. So it was visual sort of improvement through the season, which I, I think factored in. And I, I would love that he has another great season and we can sign him long term. But at the same time, that that sort of prime territory for you draft someone and yeah, you then move him on from in a year's time. But we'll get onto the draft in a minute. 
he's no guarantee to be here long term. They could easily walk away after this season, and they've got great value for that fifth round pick. Next, we get ultimately with Harrison, it's his injury, right? That's that's what it comes down to. If he can play in next year healthy, he's going to play himself into a contract. If he can't stay healthy, then he's not. I mean, that's literally what it's going to come down to: is can Harrison stay on the field? But they could also draft the replacement a year ahead if they've got a fourth round pick or something. We'll, we'll look over these um, next few days at what they see, but they could easily draft his replacement and he could play well. And they go, actually, we've got a dude that we picked up in the fourth, fifth, sixth round who's we think is perfectly in line to replace you in a year later. You're not going to get a deal because you can't pay everyone. It's good team problems. So next we go deeper to free safety, John Johnson, who's. The, the only real marquee signing for the Browns offseason so far um, was the the best safety on the market. And uh, he's come in, so set to be a really, really exciting player. And I cannot wait to see what he delivers. Yeah, I think John Johnson's just a guy that they know they can rely on. You know, last year, obviously, they brought in a guy like Sindejo just because he was smart. He knew the defense. He could make sure people were lined up correctly. While he may not exactly have been able to make the play, he tried to help others be in the position to make plays. So now they've went out and said, okay, let's get a guy with Sandejo's wisdom, but a much better athlete. So we're going to say, all right, we're going to go take the, the leader of the defense from the Rams as they call him the green dot guy or as the former Mangini, the green sticker guys, right? So we're talking about guys that are high character, good players and good people. So they go out and get John Johnson. He is going to be the leader of the secondary. I think regardless of, you know, who else is back there, whether it's Delpit, I think he's the guy that will be the staple that'll be on the field. So Harrison will cycle off in that Rover. You'll see Delpit sometimes sliding in and out, but John Johnson's going to be the key cog of that safety room, which is ultimately kind of why Ronnie Harrison becomes a little bit dispensable because you've got a guy like him. So yeah, I think John Johnson is a guy they've signed him. He's probably committed to two years ultimately because he's going to get a much bigger contract in two more years when the cap goes up. Yeah. So now his contract's definitely fully guaranteed for two years. And then they've got the option on the third um, next, we look at Grant Delpit, and the hype around Grant Delpit is out of hand. I'm not going to lie. Jack, it's I... all athleticism. He's an athlete who we've not seen play football because when yeah. he was at LSU, he wasn't, I mean, he, he was, he had a great junior season or it would be a sophomore season. And then his junior year, he kind of fell off a little bit. And then there was the injury thing. So it's the myth. It's the idea of Grant Delpit, not necessarily the second round pick that he was. Yeah, and, and that's the thing that I think the Browns front office is smart enough. They're going to temper expectation with him, whereas some people are expecting him to come in and be a top five, top 10 safety in the NFL. And it's like, look, I'm, I'm just happy with above average. This is going to be effective be his rookie year. Um, let's come in and see what he can do. So um, expectations just need to come down a little bit. I'm not saying he, he, he could hit as high levels as he wants. The, the, the talent and ceilings there, but let's almost temper it because the dude's not taking a snap. Yeah. It's one of those things where whatever you get from him and whatever you get from greedy is kind of house money at this point. So I, I totally agree. I think he has the potential to be really good, but at the end of the day, we, we do have, we have to just pump the brakes and just see what he can give us. Yeah. So there are three safeties we've got locked in for a dime. So we know them guys are there. Then we're probably going to have two more spots on the roster. That's what you would guess. Obviously you can play around with it a little bit, how you, cut the what you would expect to be 11 dbs but if we're expecting say five 
then there's two more there. The only other dude on the roster is Sheldrick Redbrine. He is peak bubble and got a fight for a spot in camp, but he's going to be struggling. Yeah, I mean, they got some young guys. They got Elijah Benton and they have um, Javante Moffitt. Those guys are just camp bodies we'll see. And Moffitt was a guy they liked. You know, they obviously made sure he was a priority in coming back and keeping him around. Like I said, you got three spots and then you got three household names where or I should say not household names of guys that are just going to be fighting for those spots if you can't find anyone better. Because ultimately, you still do have Carl Joseph out there who was visiting the Steelers. You don't know if they bring him back to kind of just back up Ronnie Harrison. That one's I'm sure you'll see. But it leads us to the question is, do the Browns see that fourth safety as being of positional value where they acquire one coming up? Yeah, and you could certainly draft one. So strength on strength is a key thing that front offices do um, just because you, you've got three dudes that you like. But if we're talking in a year's time, you've got Delpit could go down again at some point this year. Ronnie Harrison could be someone they don't want to extend. Suddenly this three safety strong position turns into a flaming disaster where you've got John Johnson and nothing else. Um, John Johnson and Sheldrick Webbine, that, that's not That could easily be the case by week one. Um, so they do need more into this room. Um, and if Woods is going to get what he wants, you've got to have more people. So the first name let's throw out there is Trevor Morig. We're just going to look at day one prospects. Um, it, he's sort of peak for that sort of area where we're going to be picking. He's going to be in the late first round. Um, he's an intriguing prospect. What say you, Ian? The only thing I say about Trevon Morig is he's kind of a free safety. So TCU plays as this four, two, five. So at least he's familiar with what kind of a, a nickel and a dime would look like. Cause that's what Gary uh, Patterson played down there. He's, he's very productive in the big 12, which is something you don't obviously say a lot about big 12 defenders. Um, I think he was what he won the gym, the Jim Thorpe award there in 2020. The only thing I see with him is he's more of a ball hawk kind of guy. Um, as really kind of a in the box, I've seen people use comps as like Jesse Bates from the Bengals in terms of I think that's what Brugler uh, comped him as. I just don't think if you're a trade down from 26 guy, you might see his name pop into things. I'm not a hundred percent sure if he's ready to step in and be a starter. So that when you talk about developing underneath, he's a guy you could see that. Um, I think he has a very natural feel to his game. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he actually played wide out I think in high school. So the guy tracks the ball pretty well. But productivity is there, um, six foot one, 200 pounds. So you're, you know, talking about somebody that is maybe of like the Grant Delpit is six, two, two, 13, um, John Johnson, six, one, two Oh eight. So you're talking about right in that John Johnson, Grant Delpit range. So I don't know if, if they're going to go to the assets, do you really need to be safety three or free safety three that high? Probably not, but he is an intriguing prospect. And I think he'll, he'll be either, you know, an early second round pick would kind of be my, my best guess on him. Yeah. I, I personally can't see them going safety, but it wouldn't shock me the same way as if they went tackle or they went tight end or they went, um, or what another position, um, I'm an off- they're not going to go like offensive line or yeah, the, the, it's a sort of a, I doubt it, but it could happen. The other name I want to throw out there and some people go, Oh, but you don't play that position. Um, well, we're on about the modern NFL and that well, hold is, on, hold on, Jack. I'm going to give you two stats before we say this guy's name, right? Yeah. So player X is six, one, 
216 pounds. Some have him as 6'2", 215. And the other player is six foot three, 214 pounds. Do you know who those two players are? I know one of them players are. Yeah. Do you know which one is which? Um, the draft prospect is which one? Give, give me him again. 6'3", 214. 6'2", 215. 6'1", 215 maybe as well. 6'1", 6'2". I know the second one is the man I'm about to talk about. Correct. Do you know who the first one is? Ronnie Harrison. Oh, Ronnie Harrison. So Ronnie Harrison is six foot three, 214 pounds. So for all you people wondering why we're talking about Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, he is six one, six two, 214 pounds. So when you talk about linebackers, you're talking about a linebacker, the same size as Ronnie Harrison. That's why he's in the safety chat. Keep your slander on somebody else's timeline. We're talking about him. He's a Rover, a big nickel. He ain't playing no linebacker in the NFL. He's smaller than Ronnie Harrison. Yeah, and so we'd expect him to be gone. So we think he's going to go around the 20th pick. So he's probably not going to be there, but you never know. And here's one of the reasons. If you look at him um, using the relative athletic score, and we've got unofficial numbers at this point, he is an 8.71 as a linebacker. So that's really good out of 10. If we then look at that as a strong safety, that's 9.89. So he is one of the most athletic, strong safeties to ever come out, ever. And that that is why you should certainly peak an interest if you want to go there. I think there's a strong argument to say, hey, we, d- we don't take linebackers in the first round and we don't take strong safeties in the first round because it's not as valuable as a position as a deep safety. And where's the proof on that? Look at free agency. Free agency is a great test to see the value of different positions. If you see the free safeties, they're getting about double what they are as strong safeties. So there is always that sort of driving force that free safeties get more money because they are more important. So I think it could be more risky. But at the end of the day, if Woods wants to play nickel and dime, this is a guy that can play Will in a nickel and then play strong safety in dime. Um, so it, it's certainly one way you can change that scheme without subbing off a player, which can be really valuable. And I, I think over the next few years, we probably see an increase in um, hurry up offense. Yeah. So that is certainly something that can benefit you when you can move around schemes without subbing dudes off. Well, here's my thing on Uusu Kormoa. So last year we had a guy go top 10 who was kind of this versatile chess piece defender. And that was Isaiah Simmons. So if we're using Isaiah Simmons, if you remember, right, went through a real combine, not these 36 yard, 40 yard dashes, by the way, all these numbers, I'm telling you fans add 0.1 to 0.15 to every 40 time you're seeing. I've watched a lot of Jamar chase. He is not a four, three, eight guy. He is a four, four, eight, four, five guy at his best. All these LSU, all these pro numbers are complete. Justin Fields is not a four, four guy. Sorry. I've seen him play. Every single game. Okay. So Isaiah Simmons ran a four, three, nine at the combine. His relative score was a 10. He was a 10. He is six foot three and a half, 238 pounds. He is a 10 in terms of that. He was taken top 10. He had a total of 376 snaps last year and graded out at a 59.9. Okay. He wasn't all that important in terms of the Arizona defense. That's the thing. So when you look at a guy like Simmons, then you start looking at a guy like uh, Owusu Kormora. So he was played in this rover position. So Clark Leah, he's basically saying we have a linebacker, we have a nickel. And then he combined that position and said, 
run crazy across the field and make a ton of plays. So if you watch Owusu Kormoa, he's left, he's right. He's making tackles. He's in, he's fast. He really is. He's a fast guy, but he's the size of Ronnie Harrison. The problem sometimes is I think he really relies on the fact that he's just a better athlete than most people out there. So in terms of his play recognition, sometimes I don't think he's going to get away with as much of it in the NFL level where all the guys are that much faster. Cause if you notice in college, a lot of times he reads and then reacts. So it's not instinctual for him to move where the ball's going. He's able to see it and say, okay, that's where it's going and then run that way. So I think he lacks a little bit instinctually. Um, I would say it's a little bit undisciplined if we're really talking about as a linebacker slash Rover. That's why I think Jack's point about him being in terms of a safety position, more valuable. I think that's, what's going to push him back to that back half of the first round. He's not going to go top 10 like Simmons did because he's not six, three, two with that speed. He's six foot two, 215 pounds. So there's only so much you can limited do with him. I do think that in the end of the day, he's going to be a guy that's in the NFL for, you know, quite a number of years. I just don't think it's going to be in a linebacker position to your point. You're going to see him in will you're going to see him in coverage on tight ends. You're going to see him dropping back to a Joe Woods like safety. I could see at 26, if he's still on the board, they'd be interested in some like him because you really only have Harrison in that role, but chances are, I think he probably goes in that early twenties range, but we talked about guys where maybe the Browns have him as a top 20 pick. And then all of a sudden he starts falling a little bit and maybe you give up an extra fourth to move up three spots and grab someone like him. That's really the only type of scenario I see where he gets to Cleveland. No, so it's, it's an interesting one. I wanted to throw it in there. Um, we're not going to chat about some of these other linebackers that we don't draft linebackers. Um, so I could bite my tongue and pick, drop The Browns him. take Zaven Collins, linebacker from Tulsa. You might as well take a punter. Um, so, yeah, that's it. We've run over a bit today, but we'll be back tomorrow with day two safety prospects. So, as always, go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.